Welcome to a new episode of Campus Insights, the podcast that brings you inspiring conversations on current issues in higher education today. Today, we're putting a spotlight on the transformative model of peer feedback and assessment and exploring the evolution possible when students are part of the assessment process. From collaboration to constructive feedback, it's an intriguing dynamic where students have an active role. Let's get started. Hello and welcome. My name is Liam Frost Camilleri. I am a lecturer at the Institute of Education, Arts and Community Federation University. And I have with me Sam Fenton, who's also a lecturer in the education space. Welcome, Sam. And can you tell me a little bit about yourself and the course we're going to be talking about today? Yeah, for sure. Yes. My name is Sam Fenton. I'm the program coordinator for uh, Bachelor of Sport, Physical and Outdoor Education. The unit that we're going to be talking about today, where we're using the workshop tool in Moodle for assessment, is Practicum 2. So it is a third-year industry-facing course where students do placement, and the particular assessment that we're going to be focused on today is around a professional development video that students produce for each other as a professional development yeah, so there's a lot of elements to this assessment piece. You not only have sort of the video element, you've also got the students working together, developing this sort of professional development sort of stuff. But you also have the, the moderated parts of it and the peer assessment as well. So what does the assessment actually look like in terms of a group assessment slash students working together? How does that sort of work? It's framed as a professional learning community or a professional learning team. So as they would experience out in the workforce as a teacher, uh, being part of a professional learning community, usually, you know, small groups of teachers that get together and do all of their planning and planning projects and things like that. So that's the context that we put them in. Very much in terms of getting started, that's the expectations is that they don't necessarily need to be geographically in the same place. So it's expected that they get together on teams, that they have really strong communication processes. We talk about leadership in terms of how they communicate with each other rather than having, you know, often in group assessments or group assignments that they might have done through years one and two. They might have had one very conscientious student who does all the work, who wants to get high marks and get the person that doesn't pull their weight and those sort of things. So so we really strongly emphasize and frame this as a professional learning community where everyone is expected to provide leadership and leading by example, have really strong communication skills. And when we see the reflection at the end, they do an 800 word reflection on this as well. Those themes come through very, very strong in terms of they've done it really well or they didn't do that side of things very well. The high-performing team is a high-performing team with strong leadership, strong communication, and early planning. So being the person who was taught at a lot of different schools, this actually sounds like what happens at schools. A lot of the time you, you will have this get-together as a professional group and then you know produce something that the rest of the staff can kind of use. So it's a, I mean, that's really quite exciting because it does mimic what happens in the real world. So yeah. What about the topics they choose? What do they tend to focus on when they're completing this assessment? So we try to get them to consult with each other to find a topic as a professional development topic that they think that their peers want to learn about. There's two aspects of it. One is the aspect, of, it's a strengths-based approach as well. So they're bringing each participant within this professional learning team. So there's usually three to a team, um, is expected to bring their strengths 
to that. So what they want to present and then try and match that with a topic that they think that the rest of their peers want to learn about because they're, they're going to be graded by their peers. So they, they want to deliver value. So because they want to, to deliver this value to their peers to, you know, partly to get good marks is that they're choosing a topic that they think that they can present well, that they think other people are going to enjoy or really want to learn about. And then the, the third part of that is that now they've got to try and between the three of them, tie that in together. So into developing one coherent 20 to 30 minute professional development video. So there is a sort of almost peer pressure in there, isn't there, in order to produce something that's going to be useful for the rest of the students, more of what's actually going to be helpful for students wanting to become teachers. I, I think that's, I think that's really fascinating stuff, but you were saying earlier about you using Moodle's workshop tool to, in order to do the peer, peer assessment. I haven't actually seen it and I've never used it before. So what's that process like? Okay. There's, there's a few parts to that question. I'll, I'll, I'll try and answer a couple. So first part is, is about the peer pressure. I think in an authentic learning environment, obviously you want to recreate, you know, what's actually happening out there in the workforce. You're going to be judged by your peers in some way, shape or form. When we see really good teaching, you know, that's why we have professional learning teams. When you have really good performance in, in pedagogy and producing great lesson plans, it's through peer review and through assessing each other and commenting and having critical friends and things like that. Students are highly sensitive to each other and they're much more sensitive, I've found, to each other's opinion than they are to mine because I'm kind of like a nagging parent and it's expected that I'll have high expectations of them and they probably won't meet those expectations and whatever, whatever it might be. But when they're doing it for each other, they're socially really sensitive to everything each other says and all the comments and things like that. So there's a lot of sensitivity around the, the feedback and, and the grading on both ends, giving the grading, giving the feedback and receiving the grading and receiving the feedback from each other. So it's a very sensitive process. However, it is just replicating what, what happens in a, in a natural learning environment or a working environment. The other part is around the, the actual tool itself. So I don't think you're alone, Liam. I don't think many people have used the workshop tool, which is why we're talking about it. This has been used in the past through nursing that I'm aware of. It's highly expedient in the sense that students submit their videos as a team. Each member of each professional learning team submits that entire professional development learning video. So it's been, the same thing has been submitted three times. Each of those three students assesses three other videos. So for each reduced final product, there's nine pieces of really in-depth feedback before I come in and give my feedback and grading, or I just moderate the results. I don't even necessarily give a separate grade. I try and moderate and give their grade that's, you know, if, if they've provided grades that are too friendly and too high, I, I certainly bring that down against the criteria, against what the score should actually be. But usually I find that some students score too low, have been too critical, and the moderation is a pretty easy process. Usually in a what we call a peer teaching or a student teaching experience, you would sit through talk after talk after talk, and it might take you two or three tutorials week after week to get through all of those. 
and the feedback generally I've found face-to-face isn't as good. So students will have their grading sheets on paper. They'll watch the presentation. They'll give them a grade, give them some feedback on the spot. Through this process, I've found that students take a lot more time. They think about it a lot more in depth. The fact that they're producing and editing a video as well, they put a lot more effort and a lot more time into the entire process and a lot more thought into the entire process as well. And the volume and the quality of the feedback is just enormous. So when it comes time to reflect on the experience, it's already a really well distilled, well thought out reflection. It's just a fantastic way of doing it. And on my part, the expediency is that I can just come in and moderate. So I watch each presentation and then I know how to comment and provide moderation for those. So it's so much faster than than doing the face-to-face, but the volume and the quality of the feedback is so much better. It's win, 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 win. Yeah. Providing a great student teaching experience. Yeah. I think uh, the one thing I'm hearing and I'm really liking about it is this almost tapping into the potential of the teachers to be able to give feedback to other teachers. And that's something I think in the profession we're not great at. There are a lot of teachers out there that are very guarded about their planning and about their classroom and those sorts of things. And if you're opening that up, it's a, it's a great way to have a more collegiate sort of base. I wanted to touch again on this sensitivities that they have between their peers, because I think that might be a barrier for some academics that are thinking, how about we try something like this? Oh, what if they get upset? What if there's fights? What if there's disputes yeah, that I have to deal they with? They do. So how do you navigate that space and prepare the students for that sort of sensitivity? When you grade a student, as you well know, Liam, your students know who's grading them. We can be as sensitive as we want to be, but the reality of the being in the workplace and assessing students is that when you assess someone, that person knows who they've been assessed by. So I don't see any value in hiding that. I think there's certainly a need for confidentiality in a lot of circumstances and a need for consent and assent as well. But I think to provide an authentic experience in assessment, you need to take responsibility for what you've said as well and what and the grades that you've given and also to have the accountability and opportunity to be able to back that up and explain that as well and to have those conversations because you can't have those conversations if you've never done it. We can talk for hours about what it's like in the real world, but until you've experienced it and had the emotions along with that, like I said, they do get upset or they do have emotions and they express those emotions and we do a lot of unpacking in the tutorials. So, and that's a great thing about this process is that it's a flipped classroom approach as well. You can spend your tutorials unpacking and talking about those emotions. And that's exactly what we do. And there's always one student that said, I felt really bad about this. And then everyone else pipes up and it's like, oh yeah, I felt like that too. And I felt like that and I felt like that. And I think as a lecturer, you could say that, oh, that's, oh, that's really bad. To me, I think that's really positive because as a teacher, and once you're by yourself with your own cohort and your own students, and unless you have a really close relationship with mentor teachers, you might just be by yourself experiencing these emotions. So it's great to do this in a really supportive environment with your peers who have all gone through the same process themselves. And it's, it's a really powerful growth process for the students. And that's sort of normalizing of that emotion because it is uncomfortable. Yeah. But all learning is, Sam, like all learning, all learning is very is. uncomfortable, you know. So I, I think right. I think to an extent, and particularly when you are 
walking down the road of becoming a teacher, there is a lot of emotion involved. Yes. And having it in this really supportive environment where people can express that, I think that's really good. What I want to clarify there and what you were saying, I think we've been focused very much on the assessment of the person. Is there much in the way of discussion around actually having to mark your peers? Is there an issue there as well that you have to unpack? That's 50% of it. That's 50% yeah. of the, the emotional part of it and the discussion around it is that they're really conflicted about giving that feedback when, when they have to give critical feedback. And again, we spend a lot of time unpacking that yeah. uh, about how conflicted they feel about giving that feedback. And part of that discussion is allowing the students to bring those emotions to the surface, bring those issues to the surface and discuss them with each other again in this, you know, really supportive environment, which is, which is fantastic. But the other side of that conversation too, is that when you assess any student, whether it's in grade prep or it's in, you know, VCE, your audience is that student, but it's also their family, their parents, the people around them that may be critical of you being critical of them. So there's a lot to unpack there in dealing with those issues. So looking into the challenges of this, I can see that this could be a big jump for a lot of lecturers that are wanting to emulate or update their assessment tools. I mean, we've got AI issues at the moment and everyone's looking to change their assessment somewhat. And they might listen to this and say, hey, look, Sam's got this great idea. We could copy this or we take what we want from it. But I do feel it's a very difficult thing to start with that, so sort of to look at the challenges and the things that sort of come forward of that. So can you talk us a little bit through the process of sort of setting it up? And then what do you do in terms of getting the students ready for this sort of thing? This brings to light a key part of the tool. And I think it's probably a key thing that's probably turns a lot of lecturers away from adopting using the workshop tool is that it moves through phases. There's a setup phase where you set it up. Then there's a submission phase where the students submit. Then there's the assessment phase where they do their peer assessment and then it's finalized and closed. And that's when I go in and moderate and then provide my comments. The scary part is what if someone doesn't submit? What if someone doesn't do their job? Then the entire cohort is held back. There's a lot of pressure there to do that. It's not real pressure. You can switch the tool back and forth at any time. Not that we advertise that in a big way, but we really try and put across the accountability and deadlines and everyone has to submit together and then you go on to the next phase. We all go on to the next phase together. And then, and probably because they're more sensitive to each other than they are to a parent or a teacher or a lecturer, they tend to pull it together. However, yeah, there, there have been instances where they haven't or I've had to switch the tool back and forth a few times. There's more work in that part of it. But then when it comes to the assessment part of it, it just works so beautifully. Once everyone's submitted, once all the students are in the assessment phase, it's all really, really fast. And it's just so easy to assess because for each professional learning video, you've already seen nine pieces of really intelligent feedback. It's like, that's way better than what I would write. So <laughs> way better. The benefit of them, I guess, navigating those relationships that they have with their peers in a professional way sets them up in such a great way to be in the profession. Heidi Andrade is one of the lead gurus on the planet in terms of peer assessment. And what she talks about is a culture of critique. If you have that culture of critique, you have, you know, a really professional culture of staff that are used to having critical friends that seek out feedback, that are continually improving, continually learning. So I think developing a culture of critique is the most important part of that. And 
you don't need to be a professional. You could be a grade three student and, you know, and be in that culture of critique where you're continually learning, continually improving, and not just relying on your own eyes and ears and thoughts and not believing everything you think. And it sounds almost like it's anti-isolating too, because I do feel, you know, as a student, a lot of the time you sort of feel like it's just you and the and the lecturer or the teacher and sort of yes. you're in competition with everyone around you rather than right. we're part of a professional practice that critiques each other and I can actually use yeah. these people beside me as resources to get better at what I'm doing. So I, exactly. I really like that culture of critique sort of idea. Um, so the only other thing I wanted to ask was what feedback have you had from students uh, about the process? I, I'm guessing, and I please correct me, but I'm guessing to begin with, it's like, oh, geez, this thing we have to do. But then afterwards, it's, well, actually, it was quite valuable. 100%. So the really cool thing is I get to mark their, their 800 word reflections. So we were talking about yeah having some negative emotions that they go through, that they process, that we get together and discuss, particularly around the peer assessment part of it, but also the uh, producing something that's going to be valuable to each other, putting that out there, and then potentially um, getting, you know, constructive criticism that might be painful or might be painful to get to hear that, oh, I thought I was awesome, but, you know, they think my voice was funny or I was monotone or, you know, something like that, or I, I wasn't engaging, like, what the hell? <laughs> so the feedback, the feedback that I get is that they were generally nervous about each stage of that, of first getting together. They write a lot about the collaboration, leadership, and teamwork. So that's definitely framed well ahead of time, communication, feedback, and um, leadership and collaboration planning and having strong processes right from the start. And like I said, you know, they're either writing that their process was excellent and it was fantastic and, and they delivered something amazing and they surprised themselves, or they're writing about how they didn't set up that communication properly, they didn't communicate well throughout, or they might not have communicated well at certain parts, they left it too late, or they, or there was no leadership or no direction, or whatever it might have been. So, so they reflect on the positive and the negative sides of it, but either way, it's, it's a really powerful learning process that they've gone through. They provide a lot of feedback about assessing each other and getting, and getting that critical feedback and how valuable that is and how much they've grown through that as well. And I'm not trying to sound overly positive about this. I'm not trying to be rainbows and unicorns about this. It's just, that's just what they write about. And even the ones that have been really like complaining, it sounds like they're really complaining. Like, oh, you know, I felt really bad when I had to write this. And like, I didn't want to do that. And I didn't, I felt bad about this. And, but then in their, in their reflections, they're, they're writing about how much they've grown through that. And that that was actually what felt really difficult or was challenging emotionally at the time was what they've grown the most from. Yeah, that is a, it, it seems to have a bit of a proportion, doesn't it? It's, the more emotional it is, the more you'll learn from that, that sort of situation. Well, Sam, thank you so much. I am certainly going to look up Culture of Critique and have a good look at this Moodle workshop, which is going to be very interesting uh, for anybody who was looking to change up their assessments. So thank you so much for your discussion today and until the next podcast. Thank you all. Thanks, Liam. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. We hope that this insightful discussion has inspired you to empower your students in assessment. Many thanks to Liam and Sam for sharing their time and expertise. 
This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Wadawurrung and Gunai Kurnai peoples. Join us next time for our final episode this season as we explore a collaborative, problem-based oral assessment in chemistry that ticks all the boxes for authentic and active learning. See you then. Thank you.